igniting original concepts. You felt like you were really making a difference for them. Why wouldn't you do that? The biggest challenge you have is not to... You're going to have disruptions all the time. If you want something different, you have to be willing to do something different. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Gorilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. Imagine walking into a space where the sense of camaraderie and purpose is palpable, where people boost other people's confidence and self-esteem by making them feel like the best version of themselves. What comes to mind? Who are the people in the space? Now imagine a bustling salon with the familiar hum of blow dryers, plenty of conversations, and the scent of freshly brewed coffee. I bet that image came to mind a whole lot more defined than the first one, and yet, Both descriptions were of a salon. When we think of the hair and beauty industry, we often envision glamorous salons and talented stylists creating stunning looks for their clients. And while it is true that this industry is a beacon of beauty, there is another aspect that often doesn't make it into the more typical way of describing a salon. And that's both salon owners and their staff's passion and the transformative power of their oh-so-many acts of kindness, generosity, and overall willingness to help and see others around them glow up in growth. Beyond the glamorous facade, the ability to create positive change not only in individual lives, but also within communities, is real. We, as in the Forest family, we get it. That passion, that ambition that connects us with salon owners and staff all over the globe, that's what we celebrate every day. And championing the tireless dedication to the craft, championing the passion and hard work of our community is at the very core of this podcast's existence. Today's episode is a shout out to every hair and beauty pro whose cups get refilled by building up new stylists and therapists and leading them to success. But it's also, more specifically, a shout out to a Colorado-based salon owner who's been sharing her passion, artistic gift, and heart with clients, staff members, and future beauty pros. I don't consider myself an educator. I, I feel like I'm a vessel for that. I definitely... I mean, since I was 18, I was been into classes and teaching and um, wanting to grow and learn. And I always took whoever was with me, with me on that journey from um, my very first salon when I was 19 to now. I just have always felt like that's really important. There's always something to learn and always something to grow by. And when you bring it back Um, to the salon. It just makes everybody feel better. And that's what makes me feel good about the industry. Heather Florman, owner of Salon Heathers in Arveda, Colorado, has dedicated her entire career to doing hair and making people feel beautiful in a comfortable yet trendy environment. Throughout the years, many of Heather's clients have become some of her closest friends. Something notable about Heather is how passionate she is about keeping herself and her staff educated. She's traveled all over North America, Central America, and Europe, attending hair shows and educational seminars to position herself at the top of her industry and believes it is of her responsibility to create a new industry standard where stylists are consistently learning and growing. To create this legacy, Heather ensures there are monthly educational classes hosted at the salon and invests in her top stylists by taking them to leadership conferences and sending them to hair shows to round out their continuing education. On top of hair education and technique, Heather strives to create a customer-centric environment, customer service being a vital component of Salon Heather's success. Today, Heather joins me to discuss her passion for this industry and where it came from, her initial career aspirations, her involvement in various education spheres, 
the importance of giving back with a special volunteering story, and last but not least, her daily commitments for leadership and impact. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Heather. It's great to have you here today. We met at the Salon Owners Summit 2023 in January. It's wonderful to catch up with you again. How have things been with you lately? I'm doing great. Yeah, that was a great Ireland trip for me. I had a blast and things are going great. Amazing. I'm glad to hear that. So today, I, you know, we talked about a lot of things that we could cover. And before we get into the deep end with like all the education offering that, um, that you do, I wanted to see if you could potentially share a story about what brought you to this specific career path. Like, how did you come into the salon industry and um, it, what, like, what specifically ignited your like spark for doing hair? Well, I guess I've always said it was in my blood. My mom was pregnant with me in beauty school, and um, so she didn't get to finish beauty school because she moved here to Colorado and had me. And so I think it was just in my blood from the beginning. Um, she ended up having to raise six girls, or five girls and one boy. And wow. so six of us. And uh she would cut all of our hair. And of course, after they got cut by mom, they'd come crying to me and I would fix it. <laughs> Don't ask me how that started, but it did. Um, and if it was even putting just a bread in it to fix it, it's what I did. So <laughs> I just loved helping the girls always feel pretty. Right. So that's how I worked it. Grandma was another one. She loved me brushing her hair and having fun with that. So I don't know. That's probably what ignited it is just that. Right. And did you enjoy your mom's haircuts or were you fixing fixing your haircuts after as well? I, I was fixing them also <laughs> until mom found a hairstylist that she was going to. And then finally I said, mom, I got to go to him too. So we started going to a real hairstylist, Doug. He was wonderful. I'm so curious. What's your first memory of like walking into a hair salon? Um, excited and nervous because it was a man cutting my hair and... Um, but I felt like I was going to be a princess because he always made mom's hair look like Farrah Fawcett. So mm. I wanted to look like Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I guess I felt amazing. Right. It was fun. Yeah. Did you always know that you wanted to be a hairdresser or did that passion come later on in life? No, I was going to go to flight school and be a flight attendant. Um, I always wanted to travel the world. So I signed up for that and was going through the rigmarole of all that. And my grandma's like, why don't you go to beauty school? It's, be, it's so much what you love. And one day when I was brushing her hair and getting her ready, and I said, God, that'd be fun. She goes, call this school and tell them that you want to come in and visit. So I went into Levon's and checked it all out. Mm. And next thing I knew, I was signed up and going to beauty school. <laughs> I love that. Such a such a different turn, you know? Like there's such a big difference between the two careers. Right. <laughs> but in saying that, I guess they both allow for travel. Absolutely. And that's one of the things they said in it, so that's why I went for it because that was really a dream is to be able to travel. So, you're 23 years in business now, and how many years in the industry if I may ask? <laughs> 41 in the industry. I actually bought my first salon at 19. Wow. So, this is this business been 23 years, so Time goes by so fast when you're doing things you love, right? It keeps things fresh and exciting. Yeah, there's always something to learn and always something to grow by. And when you bring it back um, to the salon, it just makes everybody feel better and learn and grow. And 
I don't know, that's what makes me feel good about the industry. Mm. And what would you say would be, um, if like you were talking, because I know you talk to a lot of people coming into the industry, of course, but if you were to, to reflect on, say, like the industry's best kept secrets, what would you say would be the number one best kept secret of the industry? Oh, man, the best kept secret I would say would be teaching people about treatments. It's such a treatments are such an important thing for hair, if that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Um, treatments are um, changing for the hair. It just makes them shiny and healthy. And so I think that's not told or talked about enough. And teaching that and teaching what that does for the hair. Again, I just think that's an amazing part of hair is getting treatments and making the hair shiny and healthy and bouncy. And integrity of the hair is most important. (laughs) Well, you're clearly passionate about education. So when did you realize that you wanted to become an educator and not just focus on your own team's growth? Well, I'm not really an educator. I don't consider myself an educator. I I feel like I'm a vessel for that. I definitely, I mean, since I was 18, I was been into classes and teaching and um, wanting to grow and learn. And I always took whoever was with me with me on that journey from um, my very first salon when I was 19 to Mm -hmm. now, I just have always felt like that's really important, going to classes and bringing in guest artists. And if they see something out there that is going to help their soul learn how to grow, I am all for helping that person grow in that ability, whatever it is, because it all helps the person grow in one big giant way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And would you have any specific memories of, let's say, transformative experiences with students or colleagues that solidified your passion for all things education? Watching those light bulbs go on are constant with all the newer ones, all the newbies, I call them, that are right <laughs> out of beauty school. They're watching their light bulbs go on because they're caught just the basics and to learn what's the next level or watch them do just a different angle and see the change in the cut is Mm. amazing to watch them or a placement of a color, how they put it vertical or horizontal, how it can make it bolder or more transparent. Like when you go into like my last trip, I went to Guatemala and Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were going to ask about that, but watching those people, um, I taught the advanced, but I also got to see the first timers that, Gosh, some of maybe two of them were 14. They were just little tiny, oh little Guatemalans, which were absolutely beautiful people that were passionate about trying to figure out and so timid and humble and scared, trying mm. to figure out what and how they're going to do this and showing them the lines. And then all of a sudden you'd see them and they would just get it. And it was just so fun to see them get it and then bringing it upstairs where we did the advanced training it was really fun to watch them really move through it and then um we would do a different cut and they would go oh it was so (laughs) it was just fun to see that it was just really fun to see them grow that way that's amazing that was cool yeah it must feel so rewarding to you yeah definitely definitely fills my soul Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about your educational endeavors, including your trip to Guatemala. 
you know, you're bringing technique and product education to your team. You're visiting beauty mm-hmm. schools, even high schools. I think it's really inspiring to see an industry professional like yourself engage with like the young, young generations, right? It doesn't, I, I just haven't seen a lot of salon owners go into high schools per se, um, more specifically. Can you tell me more about like your experiences getting into all these different educational endeavors? How did you get involved in all of these things? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I guess um, it started with Goldwell, Mm -hmm. my color company I work with. And um, that was 41 years ago. And I went with the guy that I was working for to a show. And that started me with learning how much those shows can teach you and those classes can teach you. And I just grew from there. And when we bring somebody on new into that salon, which wasn't very long. I guess I knew I was buying it. I wanted to make sure that they were educated. And so we would go to shows. I'd make her save money and we'd go to the show and just um, grow from there and bringing in the top educators into the salon. I'd save up my points and bring in top educators and save my points. And I got to go to (laughs) Spain and Puerto Rico and Italy and, you know, because that was things I wanted to do. So that was really fun. And then I bring it back and teach it to the girls at the salon or guys. I had both. And right now I just have all mm-hmm. girls, but um, it's a, a around the world thing. You know, I went to Baltimore, Canada. I've been all over. So, and of course, New York, New York always has, I haven't been to Montreal yet. Well, <laughs> I'm here. I'm I know, ready. I gotta come up there. <laughs> That'd be a fun place to go. Yeah, but working with Goldwell was wonderful. And then, um, you know, bringing in Carlos and Rebecca and Robert and Nick, I mean, just amazing people. And then mm-hmm. working with Orbe was amazing. And they bring in the top notch from all over. So, their classes, their signature classes um, are amazing. And then yeah. R&Co has been my newest, and I've been with them for eight years now, and Blue, and that's Teb Finger and Tom and Howard and Garen, and they're just amazing. So, yeah. And to be able to get up close and personal to them because they keep it more intimate and such strong passion there, I want to be around those people because I'm getting older and I want to make sure that I have people that really love the business also that help me keep strong in the business. Right. So that was big for me going into the beauty schools. That was, that, um, that's always been fun going in and teaching bang trims or yeah. all the different techniques. That's kind of something you, you just do from the very beginning, just to get to hire people. Yeah. Um, How'd you so get into was, the high schools, though? Oh, that was different. I had McKenna, one of my clients' daughters, reach out to me, and um, she was a client a while ago, and asked me if I wanted to come in and teach um, careers for her students, and her students were more at-risk kids, and I was like, God, sure, I'll figure out something. <laughs> so with my HPSA group, um, which is a um, salon group I talked to every day almost. We just thought we brainstormed and came up with some ideas of what to do. And I first class brought in hair swatches. Cause how are you going to get these boys attention to a beauty school? <laughs> I mean, or to a hair salon person. So I brought in color and bowls and brushes and hair swatches. And we just started playing with color. And, um, I had a half a day with them. So about, about three and a half hours. Right. So it was really fun to just show them that. And then 
worked into different things, talked about career, how to save their money, and of course, the how they can become a 100K stylist, which was mind-blowing to them because they thought that that was a beauty school dropout thing. You know how that mm. industry is always hanging over us or that saying is they're always hanging over us. So they were like, wow, you can really do that? I'm like, yeah, I have quite a few of them, so we got to make sure <laughs> that you guys realize you can do this. It's yeah. it's not that hard, and it is such a fun, giving back, passionate love for the business um, where you don't have that in most businesses. Um, standing behind a desk or yeah. selling retail. I mean, these kids don't have um, the highest expectations, so to show them that they could do this and bring up their expectations and hope because of the challenges in their lives or their families. or So it was really fun to do that. The schools have loved it. And um, I've got six of the high school students doing an internship with me right now. Wait, seven. I have seven wow. of them. And yeah. so they would be within what kind of age range? Um, 17 to 15. Okay. Because they're in high school and they're yeah. at risk in there. Yeah. So they're um, young kids that still yeah, don't know yeah. what they want to do and... I just have them asking clients, telling them what they're here for, asking clients about their lives, what they're doing with their hair, just learning how to communicate, because kids these days don't even know how to do that. (laughs) They are so used to being on their phone all the time. So teaching them that and then cleaning up and helping us with inventory and doing all that. So they're getting some real life experience. Um, Some of it's fun for them, some of it's not, but that's life. That's right. work. That's part of it. So, yep. Have any graduating students expressed some interest in pursuing further education within the beauty industry? Absolutely. I actually hired one of the girls. Um, she's working behind my desk um, at night, just a few hours here and there. She's 16, so she's a little young, but she's doing great. She's passionate about learning it. She's got a, um, a interesting life going on, so it's fun to be able to be a part of some positiveness in her life. Um, and then her friend wants on, so we're trying to figure out if that's a good fit or not at this point, but <laughs> it's been good. Yeah, that's really nice. And so, okay, so when it comes to Guatemala, I think there's a bit of a parallel that we can make here because you're essentially kind of introducing the idea of the beauty industry as a viable and like fulfilling career, right? So when it comes to Guatemala specifically, was it your first time taking part in this sort of trip? Yes, for me. For me, it was my first time going there with um, the Global Stylist Scholarship. So it was Mandy Pulse who started it. Um, this was their fourth time there. We're in HPSA together, which is a high-performance salon academy. Yeah. It's a group of, yeah. So we got into that, and she announced she needed volunteers. She got a lot of volunteers. <laughs> we were all pretty passionate about it. There ended up being 15 of us women, and um, it was life-changing to be able to help them. What was one of your favorite memories from that trip? Oh, I would say just watching them, their light bulbs go on, like I said, mm. um, doing a haircut and turning it into an angle and them, them, then watching them let it drop and see how it fell was just so fun to see them get that. And then talking business with them, watching them realize how important it is to save for different things they need for the future, budgeting, Um, getting organized that way was Mm. a big deal for them. And that was like a two-week trip, right? No, just seven days. Oh, seven days. Okay, seven days. So very jam-packed kind of schedule. It was a lot in seven (laughs) days, yeah. 
We were up early and to bed late. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that. So, you know, I'm going to be getting Mandy on the show, Mandy Poles, who organized the Guatemala trip, um, to talk about it from like a organizational perspective. But, you know, what was it? What was it like for you? Um, from a volunteering perspective, like, did you bring any, anyone else from your salon or was it something that more specifically you wanted to take part in and experience? It was something I've always wanted to do. I read it in, um, read about people doing it in um, behind the chair mm-hmm. and I just always wanted to do it, but had no knowledge of where to go. So, and this was thrown in my lap and God knew it was on my bucket list and I wanted to be a part of that. So I told her immediately I wanted to do it so that we just got to sign up. It cost us. I didn't bring anybody else um, and it cost us money to do it, but it was such an amazing adventure and an honor to be able to do that with these women. And what I learned from them, I was really shocked because mm. you know all the years in the business I just thought never never do I say I learned it all or know it all but I just thought I'd be at the same level but I I wasn't <laughs> I learned so much from them it was an amazing trip to learn amazing. and grow and give and yeah and work hard yeah yeah I bet <laughs> so like what would, would you say like are there any like takeaways or lessons that you would share from that experience with others? Oh, the takeaways, I would say um, giving back is something you can't feel that deeply until you do it. Mm. It makes me want to cry. (laughs) Because watching these people get so excited and so so into learning from us. Sorry. Mm. They got so into learning from us. They just wanted every extra minute that we had our translators with us that right. they could ask the questions and work with us. And it was just constant teaching. And it was just so amazing. Mm. Darn it. Sorry. Oh, my God. Don't worry about it. It's all right. You know, I think to go on those kind of trips... um, and unless you've like done them, unless you've like taken part, like I think that's something that people don't necessarily like can really fully grasp. But I think it really makes you realize how much we have, how much we take for granted. It's like a full and it I, I feel like if you really give yourself to the experience, it can be a catalyst for a lot of um introspection. Yeah. Oh, that's, yes. That's what I said when we got back. The U.S. is such a, we are such a gluttonous country. And they have nothing and they're still loving, happy, caring, humble people. And here we just keep wanting for more. So it was a, it made me look Mm. for it myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm happy you could, you know, share that experience with seemingly anyways, like quite a few business owners and stylists. I'm sure you've yes. like kept in touch with the people who were on the trip with you. Um, I think it, you know, that those kind of, like I said, those kind of trips, I, I think they can really shake things up um, for, for people. And so it's, yep. I think it's really important to be able to stay in touch with the people you've been on 
those experiences with so that you can have community and share like that mutual understanding of like what what you went through to relate to each other you know out of curiosity did you like did you talk about it with your team did you share your experience with them yeah but it was definitely hard I mean I shared it with my team for sure and Mm -hmm. I did a little talk for another salon and told them about or talked to them about um customer service in the salon and how important it all is and because of coming back from the forest yeah um, the summit convention how uh putting on the ritz or the ritz carlton was there so i talked to them about their points and some of their stories and just how important all that is and then of course they asked me because i had just gotten back from guatemala oh my gosh i didn't realize how emotional i was and now i'm doing it again (laughs) but uh, how much it touches you so it was it was good. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Would you do it again? It was pretty. If you had the, yes. the chance, yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely want to. Mandy's getting ready to um, announce the new, uh, the, <laughs> the time for trip. next year. So, yeah. yeah, so we can all start planning. And <laughs> I'm amazing. like, oh, yeah, I want to do it. Yeah. So... And I guess like, you know, without, I, I'm not trying to, to get you to tear up more, but if, if, you, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> if you feel yeah. comfortable and you have like, would you have like a story about like even like a particular individual there that like, you know, stood out to you more, I guess? Oh, I would say that, um, gosh, the one that stood out to me the most was, oh God, there's so many. Um, little Lizzie, um, Izzy was her name, yeah. um, who had just had a baby, left her baby behind to get into this class and um, teaching her. She wasn't my student or not because we all had little pods of students, yeah. but um, somehow we connected. And so we're still talking and she sends me pictures. And um, so that was pretty, pretty impactful to know that she can go back and she's trying to raise or do make money in her little um, Pueblo. So that was yeah. really fun to see and um, hear and hear her story with her babies. And, you know, just you just hope that it's going to be something that they can bring to the next level for them at some point in their lives. Yeah. So she's excited for the next class next year. So amazing. So you might see each other yeah. again next year then. That would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> that would be really fun. Mandy's got yeah. a few that have come back a couple times. So that's yeah. Just amazing. Yeah, I, I I hope you get to to go again. Putting putting it out there in the stars for you. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I guess I have you know maybe a final question before we wrap up. Um, I'm curious to hear you on what you'd consider to be your top five commitments that you make and keep to yourself. Kind of like daily things, you know, that have a direct impact on those you work with or mm. lead. Well, I would say first I have really tried and I have to keep continually updating um, clear expectations so that um, they are clear on what I want from them and what they want from me. So we're in good exchange. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's been big for me to learn. Um, And I keep trying to make it better. Yeah. So I think that's a big one. That would be number one, um, lead by example. I work hard, I play hard, I um, want that for them. So leading by example, dressing, clean, cleaning, um, being professional at work. So I think that would be a big one. Um, providing feedback would be another one. 
Um, I think giving feedback, we call it debriefing, mm-hmm. is really important and making sure that every day that we can, how important it is to talk about the good and the difficult and how we would do it differently. Right. Um, so the debriefing, I think, is important. Um, fostering in a, in a positive environment. Um, I think that being in a negative space is never good for anybody. So just having everybody want to have fun and learn and grow and um, be a part of each other and help each other, um, I think has been one of my number ones also. And I think I, I put that through every day. And I always encourage growth. Um, growth is yeah. a never-ending passion for me, development. Um, like I said earlier, it's in any way you can grow, there's nothing to stop you from doing it. And I will help with people that are with me um, in any way I can. So I think it's important. Those are my five. I love it. Those are beautiful. And oh, I'd say I'd say they're probably, you know, very reflective of the people um, who are working with you at the salon. I'd say it's probably quite integral to, you know, your, your salon's core values. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So what's next then for yourself, but, you know, also for your salon, where are you hoping to be maybe in the next year mm. or so? Well, what I'm working on right now is just putting systems in place trying to upgrade everything. Um, I'm also looking into um, putting add-ons onto some of the services so that we don't have to work as hard. Um, you know, red light therapy, leg mm-hmm. um, compression therapy, things that um, we can add on while they're just sitting there that won't take much more time, but cost is not as high, but it's going to help us that are getting older that can't keep working as hard um, (laughs) a little more ease and still have the income. And that's what I'm wanting for my group of girls also, because nobody wants to work as hard anymore and um, still want the income. So that's a big deal. So that's a big deal. And um, I own my building. So I'm thinking about popping the top. I've been thinking about it for years. So I'm, (laughs) I've got a little bit more push towards doing it now. So um that's one of my thought processes for the next year. Amazing. Well, listen, I'll be sure to check in in a year, see uh, <laughs> see where things are at. Okay, that'll be good. I know. I don't know if I don't know if I'm real ready yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> this construction, as you know. Oh yeah, Renos. It's always good when you do end up taking the leap and it pays off, and then you start seeing the results. Because then you're like, oh, okay, this is why I put myself through all of these. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> It's either a hell yeah or hell no. So I'm trying to figure that one out still. Yeah, well, I'm sure you will. You sound resourceful. You're very driven. That's, you know, there's no doubt about that. So I know, I just know you'll figure it out. Thank you. Once again, thank you so much for being with me on Forest FM. It's been a pleasure. I hope that we can, you know, meet again in some city. Might be somewhere in the States, might be in Dublin. There you go. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Sounds fun to me. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have a great time if you come in the summer. I wouldn't recommend the winter. I don't want snow. Yeah, I don't want snow or winter. Yeah. <laughs> Although Ireland was gorgeous. Yeah. In well, January. Ireland in the winter doesn't get as bad as winter in Montreal, I guess. So. Oh, it doesn't? Yeah. Montreal is oh, far colder. Okay. Good to know. Noted. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, yeah, it was a great time. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with me, being so candid with uh, with it all and with, you know, everyone listening as well. I hope I was okay. Good. Yeah. You were perfect. I mean, it's your story. And how can it be anything other than perfect when it comes from the heart? Thank you so much, Heather. Doing volunteering work abroad is an enriching and transformative experience that allows people to make a positive impact, gain new perspectives, and develop valuable skills while immersing themselves in a different culture and community. But it's often also an experience that is difficult to fully convey to those who haven't had the opportunity to participate in it. In the next Forest FM episode to air, we'll dive deeper into that with Mandy Pulse, founder of the Global Stylist Scholarship the nonprofit organization behind the trip to Guatemala that Heather went on, and why ultimately I decided to keep this outro short. So until then, thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show and check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.